Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, March 27th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page XIB, forward to the first edition, that last full paragraph, we shall be interested to hear. Our readers are today... Rose, Margaret, Michelle, Judy B., Sharon, and Fran. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, March 26, is 4160. 4160. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Rose to read the 12 steps, please. Thank you, Amy. This is Rose, a recovered compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Rose. I will now call on Margaret to read the 12 Traditions, please. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Margaret, compulsive of readers in South Jersey. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Anitas. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop on share and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book in the forward to the first edition, page XIV, starting with the words, we shall be interested. And I will ask Michelle to please start the reading off. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. This is Michelle H. in Missouri, grateful recovered compulsive overeater. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with Michelle. We seem to have lost you. Okay. There you are. You're back. All right. Um, again, Michelle H. from Missouri. Um, did you hear any of it? Should I start over? Yes, please start over. Okay. Uh, grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, 
particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed, signed Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, <clears throat> that first paragraph um, really touched my heart because I was thinking, you know, um, the main purpose of the book is to spread the message, is to carry the message to other alcoholics who are in need, um, who are feeling hopeless and who um, are looking for answers. And in the last sentence, we should like to be helpful to such cases. Those who find this book helpful and they're carrying the message. Um, you know, I was just thinking, you know, um, most um, people who write books, um, their ego can certainly get in the way. I'm thinking mine would, and I'd, I'd want a response um, just for my, just to boost my own ego. Um, but here, you know, these recovered people are saying, no, we want to hear from you because we want to be helpful to you, um, reminding me that, you know, the purpose of carrying the message is to be um, a servant, um, is to be useful um, to other people. And so, you know, Bill is saying here as, um, you know, in this forward that we want to hear from you. We want to hear how things are going for you because we want to be supportive and um, any way that we can help, we want to be of service. And that reminds me, that's what I want to do today, too. Um, I want to be of service to other people to carry the message and want to see them find the same joy and hope in the recovery in, the, in these steps that I have found. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Yes, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Boy, such a short paragraph. Boy, does it say much. And it started in, and I love that, we shall be interested. Well, gee, that seemed like kind of like a calm word. But there it is, interested. We want to know. We want to know, has it helped you? But even more so, if it's helped you, have you begun to work with other alcoholics? See, they knew where the answers were. That's the most important part. And then it said, we should like to be helpful to such cases. And, you know, isn't it, doesn't that what it say on 89, to be helpful is our only aim? That was their aim. They aimed well here. But even inquiry, you want to ask us questions? Here we are. We're not going the other way. We're right here to answer those questions. With that, I do pass, and I thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to share on this couple of paragraphs? It's Monica. Good morning, Monica. You're Good up. Morning. Good morning, Amy. I was just sitting here um, thinking to myself, yeah, I, I'm going to let them know that I have gotten results from this book. And um, I said, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book. So, hey, I'm sitting here telling you I have gotten results from this book, and particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. And, yes, I do work with others, and there is such joy. Um, and, and this book has the answers, and that's all I'm going to say. Pass.
Thank you, Monica. Anybody else like to share on what was read? Just press star one on your phone keypad. This is Katie. Hi, good morning, Katie. You're up. Okay. Cannot aim me, but anyway. Um Okay, inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. Um, you know, I I wish that um, Overeaters Anonymous was as embraced as um, the religious and medical and scientific world, um, for the most part, has accepted Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it makes this paragraph, these two paragraphs, kind of make me feel guilty, like I should be doing something to alert the medical and everyone on the planet that there is a solution for compulsive overeating that works the same as it does for alcoholics. But, um, you know, I don't think that would do me any good to just be bogged down with, with guilt. And so what we are, you know, what I am doing is I, sh- I do share this message with whoever um, will listen. You know, recently I had... Um, a nurse in my doctor's office um, say to me, you know, something about how my my weight, you know, I had been there not that long ago, and she said, I guess you don't have to be weighed because you always weigh the same. And I said, yeah, I said, but that hasn't always been the case, you know. And so then I shared with her that I am a member of Overeaters Anonymous and that, you know, it's the same, uh, we follow the same program as Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, that's, I can say that with um, with um, confidence today that this program works. When I first came into Overeaters Anonymous, when I first got absent, I didn't I didn't tell a lot of people because I had tried so many ways to lose weight that I you know didn't really know that I was going to stay abstinent for you know decades. I thought that I was going to I didn't know what was going to happen because <laughs> I was such a miserable failure even in the rooms of OA. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful that we have this book, that it hasn't changed in 70 years, and that we, um, we are on this line, you know, making an impact. It feels like a small dent compared to the obesity problem, but that doesn't matter. Our job is to carry it to the next suffering person. Um, who's uh, interested in hearing and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Melanie, are you still getting that crackling noise? I am. Mm, okay. But we will go on. We will okay. go on. It'll be great. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read, please? Press star one to unmute. I'd like to share. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. What stands out for me is they're particularly interested in those who have commenced to work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful in such cases. I mean, let's remember this is 1939. This is the forward to the first edition. This is just getting started. Um, 
they're looking at an incredible way to be recovered, which is to share their message, is to carry their message. I mean, let's go here to the working with others, the beginning of the chapter. It says, your practical experience shows that nothing will so much as ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when all other activities fail. So what are they saying here? They're saying they really want to know. They have got this new idea that they believe firmly that they have a specific method of recovery. They know that works. It's over 100 that have recovered already. And they're interested in knowing how this continues on. Not that they're interested in the person themselves, but is that person carrying the message? Are they continuing to work with other alcoholics because they know that in order to recover, you have to be carrying the message. In order to keep it, you have to give it. So they are specifically asking and wanting to know, this is what you have to do. So let's keep doing it. Let's carry the message to the still-suffering alcoholic and compulsive overeater. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Rose? Go ahead, please, Rose. Thanks, Amy. Um, this is Rose, a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, the first sentence, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. Well, um, the thing I, I really wanted to say is that um, in the past year, the results that I have gotten from this book, um, especially in my relationship to fear, which is has diminished. Um, first of all, excuse me. First of all, my relationship to abstinence. I am abstinent, and the fears that were devouring me, um, not to mention all the other defects, um, are in such a process of alteration that it's astounding me each day um, so that I I really felt so very called to witness to the results that I personally am getting from this book especially through the daily going through it from the Vision for You meeting um, the message has been brought very powerfully alive to me both from the way I did the steps and fortified daily from this meeting, bringing it to life in the voices of the recovered uh, fellows who have kept sharing over and over and over again, and um, and the the joy that I personally um, experience in my work with other recovering compulsive overeaters is is. Um, not to say the highlight. I don't have a word big enough to say what it actually is. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Amy, if you would press star one on your phone keypad to unmute. Thank you, Rose. Okay, so we could go ahead now with Judy B. If you could please start with the forward to the second edition. Uh, good morning, fellow travelers. This is Judy B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. 
in Massachusetts. Forward to the second edition. Figures given in this forward describe the fellowship as it was in 1955. Since the original forward to this book was written in 1939, a wholesale miracle has taken place. Our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Already, continues the early text, twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. Sixteen years have elapsed between our first printing of this book and the presentation in 1955 of our second edition. In that brief space, Alcoholics Anonymous has mushroomed into nearly 6,000 groups whose membership is far above 150,000 recovered alcoholics. Groups are to be found in each of the United States and all of the provinces of Canada. AA has flourishing communities in the British Isles, the Scandinavian countries, South Africa, South America, Mexico, Alaska, Australia, and Hawaii. All told, promising beginnings have been made in some 50 foreign countries and U.S. possessions. Some are just now taking shape in Asia. Many of our friends encourage us by saying that this is but a beginning, only the augury of a much larger future ahead. Beautiful words. I mean, we we know that um, Alcoholics Anonymous has grown, and it has flourished, and it has mushroomed, and it is uh, so respected by the world community and and people. Um, wherever they go, they know that they can find a, a an Alcoholic Anonymous group, and that they will find hope there, and that there will be people there who will share their recovery with, with others. And and why has it grown so? I, I just believe it's grown so because it, it's a program that works. It's a program that um, presents a way of living where people can uh, be restored to sanity, where they can find freedom from this uh, terrible um, obsession of the mind which had them living in insanity. And Alcoholics Anonymous presents uh, the program that works. People find hope there, and it's that that's why it has grown. And um, I mean, as it said, this is only the beginning. We know that it has grown and grown and grown. And I, I just pray that this will happen for um, Overeaters Anonymous, and that people will find the same hope and the same recovery there which uh, Alcoholics Anonymous has. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else care to share on what was read? This is Kim. It's Monica. Go ahead, Go ahead, Kim, and then Monica. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 
And I can feel the goosebumps on my arms as we're reading this, that the amazing growth of this program. I mean, we were just reading in the first edition how they celebrated 100 recovered people. In the desperation of trying to help these people, they were able to find this formula that helped 100 people become recovery. What a miracle that was. And then 16 years later, it's saying they have a membership of over 150,000 recovered alcoholics. They're not just saying 50,000 members that are going into a room and floundering and drinking again and coming back and drinking again and coming back. They're saying they had over 150,000 recovered alcoholics. And do you think that's because Bill and Bob did a bus tour and went around and sponsored everybody? No, it's because this book has the clear-cut directions. That this book was able to go into the hand of a man who felt there was no hope for him ever, ever to recover from alcoholism. But by putting the alcohol down and applying the pages, someone was able to become recovered and then had the ability to go out and help others. So 150,000 recovered alcoholics. That is the whole sound miracle. That this book allows people to get that connection with God, to become unblocked. That taking these action steps gets us to that spiritual experience, that personality change, that psychic change, that spiritual waking that is sufficient to bring about recovery. And this is something we need to look at in Overeaters Anonymous. Are we growing? Now, in 1990, the OA took the census, and 153,000 members were of Overeaters Anonymous. In 2010, OA took another census, and there's only 50,000 compulsive overeaters. And I don't know about you, but with my meetings, it's hard, in my area, it's hard to find a big book meeting. It's hard to find clear-cut directions on how to work these steps. So I think this watching this growth needs to let us go back and reflect on ourselves as our fellowship. Is the problem we're getting so far away from the message of recovery, the program of recovery, as it becomes so watered down that all we're acting like is a diet calorie program with support? And we need to get back to the roots of the program of recovery because that's what the growth of AA has taught us. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you, Amy. This is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And the forward to the second edition here, this chapter is going is giving us a, a historical account of the first 16 years, six, 20 years actually, of, of AA. And a wholesale miracle has taken place. What's a miracle? An act of God, a wonder, a marvel, a phenomenon. So they have, you know, in the numbers, in the way they grew and mushroomed, our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. I wanted to hone in on that word hope, you know, because before this book came out, there was no hope for alcoholics. They were doomed. They were doomed to being placed in an insane asylum, jail, or death. And there was no hope out there for them. And along came this book, and, and there was hope. 
and there was recovery. And I'll right off the bat, we, with the book, we had a hundred recovered alcoholics, and homes were reunited, and and down, gutter, you know, fallen down gutter drunks were able to stop drinking and change their lives and go back to work, get their businesses back, get their families back. Wow, what miracles! Acts of God, phenomenons. How exciting, how exciting, how hopeful. And then, like I said, in 1955, they had mushroomed to nearly 6,000 groups with 150,000 recovered alcoholics. And I was going to bring up the same facts that Kim did about today with OA. 50-plus years later, our norm, our numbers are we have approximately 6,500 groups. But like she said, in the last census taken that we know of here, only 50,000 members in OA. And how many are recovered? But this book has given us a lot of hope here. There's excitement going on here. Look at all these groups and all this recovery. And you know, today, we voice the hope that every alcoholic who journeys, and aren't we lucky that today, we can call in. We're only a phone call away from hearing the message hearing recovery, sharing recovery, and working the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Judith. Go ahead, Judith. Thank you. This is Judith, compulsive reader in Vermont. Um, having been in Mexico, I just wish I could paint a picture you of these tiny little huts in the middle of nowhere that say boldly and proudly AA um, off the beaten path off of any main road but they just pop up where you're least expecting it it's just such a joy to see with that I'll pass thanks Thank you, Judith. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Please press star 1 to unmute. This is Paula. May I share? Yes, go ahead, Paula. You know, they use the numbers here, but I want to change that just a bit. And you know, those 100 first recovered, each had a name, each had a life, each had a job, hopefully, a family, can you see where it goes here? I don't care where I go. I've gone from Florida, now I'm in New Hampshire, every state. Don't doubt that there was a meeting there. There was an AA. Hey, go out and see. Go on a ship. There's this big sign. Friend of Bill. Yep, there was a meeting there. But this part, many of our friends encourage us by saying that this is but a beginning, only augury, and that would be the prediction of a much larger future ahead. You know, we in OA have names. We're here on this meeting, and here we learn and we grow. Thus we grow with this big book in hand. Haven't we just read that? This chip of a book. But this is it. We have a name. We go on. We touch lives in our family, friends, jobs. It can go on. Yes, we too, I believe, and there is my hope. And that is why I do what I do. In the recovered state, I can, because I've tapped into an unsuspected 
power within. But I see hope here, not discouragement, because that's how they felt in the beginning. But then I just love this part when you said the numbers were red. 6,000 groups, 150,000 recovered alcoholics, each with a name. And here we are, each with a name. And we get the opportunity here to spread this message that's within the pages of this book. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share what was read? I'd like to Hi, share this. Hoodie. Uh, who was before Hoodie, please? Uh, this is Philomena. I can go after Hoodie. Okay, Hoodie. Please go ahead, then Philomena. Hi, Amy. Good morning. This is Hoodie, um, compulsive overeater. Um, and I, I like how it says a wholesale miracle has taken place um, in the beginning, and then our earliest spinning voice, the hope that every alcoholic journey will find the fellowship of alcoholics and nuns at his destination. And it reminds me where it says, and there is a solution on page 25 in the, in the second paragraph, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences that which that which have revolutionary revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And this is, to me, this wholesale miracle that God could come into my life. It's not of any personal success. He accomplished what I could never have done alone. I just had to give up. I, I, was, I had to give up my resentment, give up my fears, give up my self-centeredness, and, um, and be of service to him, be of service to others, um, enjoying the moment of being able to be of service and receiving the service. And, um, and that is what is, you know, miraculous. I could just give away this program and do my footwork and, do what, and use my God-giving talents to the fullest and how God intended me. Now with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Hoodie. Philomena? Yes, my name is Philomena, a recovered compulsive reader from New Jer- from South Jersey. And this part here, it says, our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his designation. And in vision for you on page 162, second paragraph, it says, someday we hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his designation. Uh, To some extent, this is already true. Some of us are salesmen and go about. Little clusters of twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. Though contact with our two larger cities, those of us who travel drop in and often as we can. This practice enables us to lend a hand at the same time avoiding certain alluring distractions of the road about which any traveling man can inform you. Thus we grow, and so can you. Through, though you be, through you be one man with this book in your hand, we believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. And, um, I, you know, it just, I, I'm just so grateful for the, for being led to, um, the vision for you and to, uh, open this big book. And not only, I, I don't feel alone. I feel, I have all of you that are recovered on this line doing service. And, um, you know, by, by us reading it together, 
it just it, it, it's just a different meaning I can comprehend and you know and just get the clear cut directions and I'm truly grateful to um be led here by my by God and that's what I wanted to say thank you Thank you Philomena anyone else would like to share on what was read This is Lois can I share Yes Lois please go ahead Hi good morning Amy and everyone else thank you um I just wanted to um, express my my gratitude as well, but uh, to be, you know, uh, such a grateful member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And as I read this, you know, as I begin this book with all of you, you know, I feel the excitement just as if it were 1939. You know, I do feel that because I'm beginning this book, you know, with a vision for you, my the fellowship of over 500 people on and off. And, and I, I just... You know, I, I know I can see how our group has grown. And if we just kind of look at what we have, you know, what we have an opportunity to, uh, to, to follow, to offer, to be part of, and to share, you know, I feel this excitement. I, as we open these pages, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about bringing the big book alive. Well, I, I feel as though we are doing this alive. You know, this is happening. You know, our, our membership is growing here and now. The vision for you is growing Every day, and it was quite a, a thrill this week when we were beginning. You know, the first day we were beginning to open this book, and um, usually when I check in, it's about ten minutes or seven, and there may be five or six or seven, and there were like almost a hundred people on this line waiting for this message. Now that you know that speaks volumes, and I just wanted to express that the the excitement and the hope that we all have, and the opportunity we have to continue to. Um, to continue to recover and to affect those about us and to carry this message daily and outside in, in our lives and in our groups. Thank you very much, and I'll pass. Thank you. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Hi, good morning. Yeah, this hi. is Mary Lou, Compulsive Eater. Go ahead. Hi, it's Mary Lou. Um, I just wanted to say uh, that as I'm reading this this morning, it's 4 in the morning here in California, and I've been setting my alarm to get up, um, and I was talking to a fellow yesterday, and we're just fairly new coming around to this OA Vision for You Big Book study, and we're saying how the women, how people sound so clear. I don't know, it's a little scary. There's a little hostility. They're overly excited. Their voices are so adamant and I don't know and we're both kind of analyzing everyone's voices how I don't know just there's kind of militant and and I'm thinking and I'm thinking on the other side of that you know if I had a psychic change and a spiritual experience that relieved me from the compulsion to eat and not be over 300 pounds or anorexic or bulimic and I found a way of course my voice is going to sound militant and excited and aggressive, well, not aggressive or hostile. That's Those are the wrong words. I think the words are excited, really excited. And also, um, reading this reminds me of when my dad was dying of alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver, but he wanted to live, and, we, and he couldn't live. And I took him to the Mexican meetings of AA here in my little small California town, and they all were run in Espanol. And I sat there, and, and he wanted to live but his liver didn't let him. He died of cirrhosis of his liver, but he was two years sober in Alcoholics Anonymous. And then I stayed sober after that. So that Mexican room of AA, where they did everything in Espanol, in the worst part of town, and I'm taking my dad to these meetings because I want him to live now that he's sober. 
but he didn't. But I get a chance. I get a chance. And last year I buried a friend who died of cirrhosis of the liver, but she was an alcoholic. She was one of us. She had had gastric bypass surgery, and the surgery, uh, something was wrong after she had the surgery, and they took her, she went to Mexico, and they checked her liver, and they said, you need to get back to California. You've got cirrhosis of the liver. And she said, well, I've never drank. Well, her fatty liver from her obesity had turned into cirrhosis, so she died of cirrhosis of the liver. And and I went to her funeral, and I went through the mass, and I'm going up to the front, and I touch her coffin. She was our church secretary, good Catholic, good Catholic woman, real holy, but real big, real happy. But underneath that, I knew I had already known, and I used to see her pain underneath that smile. But I couldn't carry the message because I couldn't stay clean and abstinent. And... um she died of cirrhosis and she was one of us. She didn't drink a day in her life. It was from the fatty liver. So the reason, the reason for, I think, the excitement in your voices is because it is uh, some serious stuff here. You know, that day, that happened over a year and a half ago, the funeral, and I said, okay, that's it. I don't want to die like this. I touched her coffin. I got my communion. I went back to my seat and I said, this is some serious, the jig is up. You're screwed, Mary Lou. This is it. This is you. She's 40-something years old, and she's dead from this disease. People are dying from this. My dad died of cirrhosis, but he was an alcoholic. She was a compulsive eater. This is the real thing here. I really wanted to get help, and I'm so grateful for this meeting this morning. That's why I'm up at 4 in the morning, because this is the stuff, not to sound morbid, but this is the stuff of funerals. This is why you sound excited in your voice because there is hope, and hopefully the 100 people that are on the meeting this morning can go to their small towns and, 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 and get their head out of their ass and start a meeting in their town. I'm talking to myself, too. Start a meeting, a big book meeting in their town of OA so that it would be proliferated in person, not only over the phone. Um, anyway, um, I'll get off my soapbox, but I just wanted to say all those things because... You know, my dad wanted to live, but he didn't He didn't get the message in time, and his liver failed, and he died, and I watched him die of alcoholism. And then I watched my friend die of after the stomach stapling, and he died of obesity, and they're both cirrhosis of the liver. They are one and the same. And uh, anyway, my name is Mary Lou, and I'm from California. I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Lou. There was someone after Mary Lou. Can I get Mary Lou's phone number, please? Yes, my number is 909. Um, we do that at the end of the meeting. You're welcome to okay. go ahead and do that at the end of the meeting. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll move on, please. Does anyone else like to share on what was read? Yes. yes. This is Steve from Florida. Go ahead, Steve. Today in the newspaper there was an ad, I haven't seen it before, of what's happening here, and they have a uh, workaholic meeting. And so... What this passage is about is it's just spread. And the problem isn't the eating or the working too much or the gambling. It's a spiritual problem. And I just flashed on thinking about, I saw this image of all the people in the world who religiously bow their heads, the Christians bowing their heads, the Muslims getting on their prayer rugs, the Jews bowing back and forth. This giving up of will has been the answer 
of an essence, and this is what the big book teaches us. It's, it's thy will, God's will, the higher power, not to be religious, whatever the higher power is. But it's not a, for me and for many of us, it's not a ritual. It's a necessity. It's religion made. It's spirituality made practical. This is a practical recipe for everybody in the world. Those of us with the disease are lucky because we have to, we have to get to that point in our past. Okay, we're going to go ahead on here. Sharon, could you please share on the next paragraph? Thank you, Amy. This is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater. So grateful to be with you this morning. The spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck in, at, at Akron, Ohio in June 1935 during a talk between a New York broker and an Akron physician. Six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession by a sudden spiritual experience. Following the meeting, who had been in contact with the Oxford group of that day, he had also been who is now accounted no less than a medical saint by AA members and whose story of the early days of our society appears in the next pages. From this doctor, the broker had learned the grave nature of alcoholism, though he accept all the tenets of the Oxford groups was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. Wow. This uh, sums up the program of recovery. It identifies the twofold nature of our disease. It lets us know that this is not a spiritual, moral problem, which uh, as much as it is a medical problem, and the twofold nature that we have this obsession of the mind and this allergy of the body, although it isn't described in those words. And then it gives us, in the last sentence, a summary of our of the the program of recovery, that moral inventory confession of personality defects, uh, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. So there, right in a paragraph, so beautifully summarized. But I want to focus this morning on the spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck in Akron, Ohio. And that spark, and I believe that that spark, which is defined as a um, 
it's something thrown off from a burning substance. So, uh, and then it's also a, a vital animating or activating factor, a vital animating or activating factor. And that spark, each one of us has a spark. And what's been described before that Bill was saying, these meetings were, were coming, were starting all over the country, the sparks that were to flare. And when it flares, that means to burst into intense, sudden flame uh, or to erupt or intensify suddenly. So these flares, these flame were uh, the bursting into, these sparks were bur- bursting into flames, were flaring up all over the country as people got recovered, as they got the message. And each one of us on this line has at one time either gotten a spark or will get that spark. And we can allow it to flare. We can then fan it. And that's what we're doing right now. We are fanning the flares that started from a spark that flew off of someone else that had gotten it and was burning with intensity, that was recovering, as described in this book. And that we can allow that spark. As Bill said, he had an option in 1935 uh, when he went to Akron. He had a choice. Was he going to go into the old way of doing things? Or was he going to step into that newness and reach out to a still-suffering alcoholic? And we have that choice. Are we going to stay within the confines of our dark room? Or are we going to reach out to the still-suffering? And it's when we reach out that the flare is, the spark is fanned and allowed to flare It's only in reaching out to the still suffering that this program grows and and that we get our recovery by being helpful to others. That's part of the recovery process. And that's also how this program flares and, and grows. It's so exciting. And each one of us today are have that have been given that spark or will be given that spark. And we have a choice. Are we going to ban it so that it, it, it grows? Are we going to reach out to others, to the still suffering? Or are we going to keep it within us and allow it to be snuffed out? And as for me, my choice is I'm going to keep sharing it, keep giving, keep doing all I can to be helpful to others so that within me that spark will flare. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Melanie would like to share. Go ahead, Melanie. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Amy. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. This is it. This is what tells us right here what happened. And I am surprised that they could tell it in so few lines. It's fantastic to me. But I wanted to just refer to, just for a moment, 
the uh, sudden spiritual experience and, and move us back to the uh, back of the book where they describe spiritual experience on page 569 in the third edition and 567 in the fourth edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. First paragraph. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. And that's what Bill had, you know, in, uh, when Abby came to him. He had it in the hospital as well. And, and, but what I really wanted to focus on is the entire, is the entire paragraph. History tells us that Dr. Bob had been had belonged to a religious organization that did all the things that religion might offer us to do and used and tried his alcoholism in that particular respect and could not get sober. Bill had what he had from Dr. Silkworth, the, the other component, the piece that was missing that Bob didn't have at the time, and his, his story, his theology of the body and how it, ma- how it manifested. And when Bill came to Bob and explained that part of it, that missing piece, they could put the religious aspect and, and the, the tenets of the Oxford group together with this disease factor and came up with the thing that we call the program of recovery here in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a phenomenon, I think, of coming together, which is probably divinely inspired if, if I were to stretch it that far. And it is amazing. And it's all written here in just these lines. This powerful impact, a decision to make a phone call by Bill on the foyer of the, of the Mayflower Hotel to explain exactly why and how he drank, that Bob was able to identify in and the allergy aspect with that, that component in those pieces of the Oxford group brought about what we have today. Very short, very, very succinct, and very powerful. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Uh, we have time for maybe about one more quick share. I did hear someone speak up along with Melanie. Who was that, please? It was Kim. Yeah, Kim, why don't you wrap us up? All right, thank you. I kind of wanted, this is Kim again, um, I kind of wanted to reinforce kind of what Melanie was saying, actually, because we talk so much about Bill and Bob, you know, but I just want to talk about the, the choreography of God in this. You know, there's three parts to every problem-solving process. There is the problem, there is the solution, and there is the plan of action. The problem came from a medical person, Dr. Silkworth. The solution came from a psychiatrist in Switzerland, called Carl Jung, and the plan of action came from a religious group called the Oxford Group, and it's when these three things came in an apex to Bill that he was able to put them together and become recovered, and is that the birth of AA when Bill became recovered? No. Is the birth of AA when Bob, when Bill talked to Bob? No. The birth of AA, which was celebrated on June 10th, is the first permanent day of sobriety of Dr. Bob. Because after Bill and Bob met, Bill still had one, one roaring vendor to go. So the birth of AA was when one alcoholic was ably, able to successfully carry this message to another alcoholic. So the birth of AA, which we're going to be reading about in here, is based on recovery. It's based on the idea that one alcoholic can affect another alcoholic in a way that no other person can. 
And when we follow these directions, we will become recovered. And that is the moment of the birth of AA that we're going to be reading about. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. And we will now uh, close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Would Fran, would you kindly read a vision for you? Good morning, Amy. This is Fran Fran Compulsible Eater, and good morning, Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.